Hello everybody and thank you for joining me for this new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is the 21st of July. It is a Wednesday. Alright, there is a, a lot of stories that are happening right now. A big concern in our world is still coronavirus, you know, COVID-19. There are new reports coming about the Delta variant. There are new reports coming about whether we should be wearing a mask or not still and Reports saying that um, when students go back to school this fall, it may be best for them to wear a mask uh, as there's no vaccine for children under 12 yet. Um, So there's a constant turmoil that's still in our lives and we're trying to find our ways of um, going back to what we thought it was before. Uh, or a new version of that, uh, depending upon you uh, and your life. But it is not easy to to go through and hear these stories. And um, I just want to say, make sure you are getting information. Don't don't just rush to decisions. Do your best to gather as much information as possible. Okay. It uh, it's tricky. It can be scary. But it doesn't have to be, um, or you don't have to be going through without knowing what's happening. Just do your best to find some information, ask questions, talk to somebody who may know more than you. Alright, but, of course, there are plenty of positives about days as well. And don't worry, I'm going to get to those in just a little bit. Alright, we'll get to our first news stories in just a moment. Thank you for joining me. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning. And you are listening to The Daily Optimist. My first news story comes from the uh, Paralympics. And there is a deaf-blind athlete named Becca Myers, who is a swimmer, who was told she can't bring a care assistant uh, to Tokyo for her. Um, so what happens is she now has made the decision to withdraw from the, uh, Paralympics. And it's because of that reason. She said, I've, I've had to make the gut-wrenching decision to withdraw from the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. But most of all, I'm sad to not be representing my country. So, um... U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee officials say they don't have space for her to bring in aid because of coronavirus restrictions on athletic delegations. So we know this is a year or a time unlike any other. Um, The story is when she was in the Olympics in 2016, she was alone and she felt um, overwhelmed by having to get around um, by herself. So then she had her mother, Maria Myers, uh, accompany her at all her competitions as a personal care assistant. But now that is not going to happen. She said, I would love to go to Tokyo. Swimming has given me my identity as a person. I've always been Becca the Swimmer Girl. I've ta- I haven't taken this lightly. This has been very difficult for me. But I need to say something to affect change because this can't go on any longer. Um, it's rough. It's tough. Um, yeah, the, uh, the 
USOPCs, that's the U.S. Olympic Paralympics Committee, um, they've, they're allowed to bring um, the 34 athletes, and they supported by one dedicated personal care assistant, along with six, six coaches, uh, and that's what they're saying they're allowed to bring. Now, I don't know what Japan has said, but obviously they're, they have to bring limited numbers. Um, but it, this is a tough one because she is a, she won, um, three gold medals at 2016, uh, Olympics. And now she's expected to be doing, uh, even more great things, um, as she's been doing them, uh, you know, cap capturing championship after championship at um you know other competitions so um her uh former coach bruce gemmo he's a i guess a famous um swim coach he said your heart just breaks for her it seems to me if our focus is athletes first which it should be but which it, it isn't always if athletes first is what we're doing then we as a USOPC, we need to do better. We must do better. Speedo supports her as they uh, are, must be her sponsor. Um, and they said they're going to stand by her and they understand her decision. So this is not an easy one that she had to make, but she made it. And um, hopefully this brings some awareness to that. Uh, and... Maybe there will be um, circumstances that are, are greater for everybody and more equitable. And uh, it's just a challenging time. And, um, you know, if they let one person do it, would, would they have to let others? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know what the reporting says. That I'm getting this story from NPR.org, and it's by Bill Chapel. So... It is one story. My next story comes from uh, NBC News, and it is uh, by Alexander Smith and Reuters. And yesterday I talked about the flooding that had happened in uh, Western Europe, uh, parts of Germany, and things. And today there is flooding that has happened in China. And there have been at least 25 people that have been killed um, and large parts of China's central Henan province are underwater. Um, they say it's the heaviest rain in a thousand years. They say some uh, 1.2 million people have been impacted by the unfolding natural disaster. So, um, you know, they're, they're worried about more flooding from rivers. They had to stop the electric um, buses from running. But what that did was caused people to start taking the subways. And then the subways got flooded from all the rain uh, as well. And there's video you can see and pictures of people walking through. And it's up to their waist or chest or, or higher, depending upon their height or lower as well. Uh, one survivor wrote on social media, The water reached my chest. I was really scared, but the most terrifying thing was not the water but the diminishing air supply in the carriage, and that's about being in the subway. Um, so, 
you know, because again, as I said, they stopped the the buses and things. People went into the subways. Um, from Saturday to Tuesday, 24 inches of rain fell, and that is uh, almost equal to their average annual rainfall of 25 inches, and that's just from Saturday to Tuesday. Um, so there's a lot of work. There has been um, some of the a uh, hospital had lost power. And they were trying to find ways to move about 600 critically ill patients. Um, it's yes, the city's largest uh, hospital with over 7,000 beds. So yeah, even their backup supplies were down. So this is not this is not easy. And again, this is um, this is something that has happened in more places. And you just wonder if this has to do with climate change. Um, I'm I'm guessing it does, but I don't know. I mean, if they say this is the biggest rainfall in a thousand years, it sure must have something to do with it. Uh, so, you know, they're, they had people taking residents, um, or rather residents taking uh, solace in, um, not solace, they were hiding in shelters, libraries, cinemas, and even museums to get out of the rain and avoid um, it's shelters, the word I was looking for, um, so that they could get out of the rain and hopefully not be swept away by the, the currents that are coming in and then at some point moving out. Uh, these natural disasters are occurring more and more. Stay safe out there, everyone. All right. I'll be back in just a moment. And we'll switch to some positive news. Alright, it's time for the positive side of things. My first news story comes from Good News Network. And it is by Andy Corbley. And it is about um, trying to, to have more renewable energy. So, I'll get to that. Um, the future belongs to renewable energy is a quote made by Mukesh Ambani, who is the, um, he's the Asia's richest energy baron. Um, and he runs a Reliance Industries. He's the chairman of Reliance Industry, which is one of the largest oil companies on the planet. And he announced a 750 billion rupee investment in a brand new re- renewable energy supply chain so that's good um so the report or the story talks about how you know there's government wanting to change but um it says these energy giants can bring towards stimulating renewable investment and production are sometimes greater even than national governments they have money they have influence they have um experience in energy and if they can transition that into renewable energy, this may be even better. Uh, Mbani went on to say, The age of fossil fuels, which powered economic growth globally for nearly three centuries, cannot continue much longer. The huge quantities of carbon it has emitted into the environment have endangered life on Earth. So um, they're looking to produce four gigafactories, 
where solar arrays, hydrogen fuel cells, and battery grids will be produced, and another $150 billion will help reinforce the uh, value chain through strategic partnerships. So that is big. Uh, Greenland themselves have also decided to uh, work more in renewable energy. Um, they have announced that all future oil and mineral exploration will cease, and they say it's because of uh, climate concerns and desires to invest in green energy. Um, so tens of billions of barrels of oil and hundreds of trillions of square feet of natural gas are pre predicted to lie under receding ice sheets, but keeping them in the ground is the new edict from the recently elected Inuit government of the Atakwatigit, and I probably mispronounced that, but I'll do my, I'm doing my best. So the Greenland government said in a statement, uh, the future does not lie in oil. The future belongs to renewable energy. And in that respect, we have much more to gain. Uh, they also said uh, Greenland wants to take co-responsibility for combating the global climate crisis. So, um, you know, they say there's also this idea that they may be looking to gain their own independence um, from Denmark as uh, two thirds of its national wealth is from Denmark as charity. Hopefully they can transition and make real change. All right. My second positive story comes from Indiana here in the U.S. And it is about a bride that was paralyzed. All right. So she was in an ATV accident that left her paralyzed. But she was able to walk down the aisle last week at her wedding. She says, the doctor told me that I was never going to walk again, and I didn't want to believe that. And I did for a while, and I had depression and anxiety. But once I got over that, I just woke up one day, and I just, like, started feeling some stuff in my legs. And I knew that it wasn't over. So she worked in physical therapy and gaining strength, and, you know, uh, as much as she could. Her now husband proposed to her at the hospital. So, obviously, a lot of this was her mental blocks going through, not just the physical. And she said, and walking down the aisle is something she'd always dreamed about. And she said, it was really important to me because I got to watch my sisters walk down the aisle with, with him. And I knew I wanted to do that. So, I pushed myself even harder. And um, she was able to. Her sister said that she leaves uh, posted videos and photo and said she leaves me speechless. So I'll just say, Brittany Bedwell inspires me to never give up, to believe in miracles, to stay strong, to defy the odds, to love deeply and freely. Happy wedding day, baby sister. You are stunning and strong. But that's not the end of it. So what also happened is because of the injury, they told her she would not be able to have kids again. However... She is now four months pregnant. So, miracles all over the place. I wish her nothing but success with her, her family, and her husband. Ah, amazing. I thought that was a wonderful story. All right. So, that brings me to the positive step, thought, whatever you like to call it. Um, and it is about wins and losses. So, when you have a win, enjoy it, okay? 
And it could be just a small thing. You know, if you're trying to lose weight, it could be you lost a pound this week. Awesome. Enjoy your win. If it um, is something, you know, major, you got a new job, enjoy your win. Whatever the case may be, really take time to enjoy your win. And losses. Sometimes with losses, we get a little overwhelmed and we, um, we kind of lose ourselves in the loss. And we don't need to do that. A loss is also a moment to learn. Okay, I know it's not easy, especially when you're in it. But as you take time to look back at it, you can hopefully find yourself ways to say, this is why I lost. This is where I messed up. This is where I'll do better. You know, we um, we sometimes don't learn from our losses and we just take one after another. But we, what we want to do is try to turn those losses into wins. But if we don't learn from them, they'll never get to wins. So enjoy the wins, learn from the losses, and move forward. You got this. So, my quote today comes from Vince Lombardi, who is known for obviously being a football coach. The Vince Lombardi trophy that they win in football. And he was also an executive in the NFL. And the quote comes like this. The price of success is hard work, dedication to the job at hand, and the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. One more time. The price of success is hard work, dedication to the job at hand, and the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. So, we can't always win. But did you try your best? Did you? Because that in itself is a win. Okay? Working hard is a win. Doing the best you can is a win. And when you do lose, reevaluate. Did you truly lose? Or was it just a moment that uh, you can change going forward? You got this. I know you do. Thank you very much, everybody, for making it through this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to listen. Also, please rate, subscribe, and share. You knew where I was going. Rate so that other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it. And share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. I appreciate you all. We'll be, I will be back with you again tomorrow. Until next time, everybody, please be well. <laughs>